there, and welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show. This is the 1% Better Podcast, and I am absolutely delighted to have you along here listening, and hopefully you're going to enjoy this one. I'm actually very confident that you will. Let me just touch on a couple of things before we talk about the guest for this week. And I normally go a little bit back and look a little bit forward. Looking forward, I'm hoping, I'm saying hoping a lot at the moment, that in the next couple of weeks, I manage to get some time to put together a couple of solo shows, solo podcasts before the end of the year. I'm thinking about doing one around the top five or ten books I've read this year and give a little bit of a blurb about each as to why they've stood out from the rest. Now, not saying I've read 30 or 40 books, probably in the B20 category, and I was thinking just recently I've stopped doing Audible altogether. But anyway, hopefully do a show about that sometime in the next few weeks. And also, as I'm planning 2019 goals, 2019 ideas for new shows new content maybe give a bit of an insight into some of the stuff that i ticked off this year and plan to do next year i'm kind of putting a goals calendar together as well and maybe put that on the site if folks want to um, download it and check it out could uh, follow along with me so that's kind of in the future last week i released an episode of the one percent better podcast as well with a guest called alistair rogers and Alistair has a very, very interesting, fascinating story to share about his journey with the uh, New Zealand All Blacks and subsequently coaching with the Auckland Blues and where he hopes to go next. And he's a very driven, motivated guy that is focused on performance, focused on improvement. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's a nice longer form episode, one hour and a 30 maybe. Lots of good nuggets of info from there. A few people have told me this week a couple of things that stood out for them from the show. And I always love to hear that. And I know Alistair was uh, keen to hear if there was feedback as well. So check it out if you haven't. And maybe after this one, if you if you like this and you're a new listener, there's that one. And there's probably 60, sorry, 86 others as well. So lots to check out. Okay. That's enough of the looking back and looking forward. Let's look right now. This week's guest is an American singer, a songwriter, a musician, a poet, an artist. And I was thinking more about another word that might describe her. Uh, I think innovator is fair. Her name is Nostalgia. There's so much I can say about her. I will refrain from comparing her to other artists because I honestly think she is unique. So for, for folks that have listened to the podcast, you'll know I, I try to make the conversations about more than just what the person does for a living or what they're known for if they're if they're a celebrity, if they're famous. I think that's an interview that has been done numerous times before and my guest probably has answered those questions over and over. So I definitely try and look at the person, the personality and get to know a bit about them and maybe not just in the standard format that uh, might be typical for podcasts or for for interviews and 
I was delighted to know very quickly that this would be one that could go in different directions with uh, nostalgia. And from very early on into the conversation, we were going into those areas that were unplanned. And that's where the good stuff really certainly comes out. We had originally only planned to talk for 15 minutes, about 16 or 17 minutes in. I said, can we just keep going? Because there's a lot of good stuff happening here. And I was delighted that nostalgia was happy to do so i think we got up to 50 something as you'll hear we touched on a lot of different things so if you're a nostalgia fan which i would imagine there are many new listeners to this are nostalgia fans judging by her millions of downloads on youtube and spotify i hope you enjoy this i hope you get something from the conversation that you didn't know about her already Uh, if you're a regular listener to the one percent better podcast i'm sure you'll learn something new not just about nostalgia but about different perspectives that are certainly out there if you do enjoy it let me know if you do enjoy the podcast maybe share it out on one of the social platforms that you're most comfortable on or familiar with the whole goal of this show is to not only make you guys better but help other people improve as well and that can only happen by extending the reach so during this week i was posting about the podcast And it was one I was really keen to share. I'm definitely now delighted to be able to put it out. It's coinciding this week with Nostalgia's new album, Mimago. In the last week, she's also got a lot of good publicity for the video, Kingdom of Disturbed, from from the album. Billboard, amongst others, have been sharing and posting and interviewing her. So there we go. All in all, it has been a great experience interviewing a personality like Nostalgia. She's very authentic, real, motivated, driven, and certainly all of these things will come out very clearly from the conversation. All right, that's a long one. I hope you hung around for the intro, and now you can enjoy the full episode with Nostalgia. Thank you, and enjoy. So welcome to the show, Nostalgia. Thanks for taking some time out. I believe you're in a forest somewhere, so probably in a nicer surrounding than I am. So maybe give me a little bit of info about you, the forest you're in, any anything you'd like to share that's coming up important in the near term, like a new album and things like that. Sure. So I am a forest nymph. I, I live in the center of the forest in California, the Santa Monica Mountains, and I'm surrounded by trees and and crickets and beautiful breezes and long walks in nature and I used to live in the city but it definitely was not not for me because I'm very sensitive to external stimuli so I definitely needed to come here and just be in my own solitude and kind of dive deep and, and not have the the external stimuli to kind of distract me from that so i love it here i I love living here Mm. i'm a little bit jealous uh, right now about uh, how you (laughs) describe that um i'm fascinated about you you and, and kind of your story and your background um the areas of authenticity is something that uh i i really like to understand um more about about myself and and people I, i interview how I guess how do you describe authenticity and and what it is what is it to you? That's a good question. You know, I've actually it's funny that you mentioned that because this last year, um, I 
my word for the year. I like to choose a word that I'm going to really focus on within myself, kind of unravel the backstory of within myself and, 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 um, uh, kind of transform it within myself, kind of conjure it within myself. And the one word that I chose for the year was authenticity. Hmm. And, um, it's an interesting one for a performer because in many ways, for many people, I would imagine they are kind of putting on a little bit of an act. And for me on stage, I was not putting on an act. It had to be authentic. And so it was very odd for me because sometimes I was just not in the headspace or the heart space to perform. And I had to, because we were on tour and we, you know, we, we had a show. Mm. And, um, so when you are that kind of an artist where you're channeling things authentically in the moment, you don't really have the choice if something is just not resonating or you just are not in the space that you can do it. You don't have a choice. And it's scary because, um, I identified and defined myself and I have for so long as an artist. That was my identity. And I say what for a reason, I'll come back around to it, but that was my identity so much so that I didn't know what to do with myself when I couldn't tap into it, when I couldn't become it, when I wasn't the performer on stage, when I wasn't the person writing the song or whatever it might be, you know? And so uh, I, ha- I, in this last year, I had to find, um, I had to figure out who the person is beneath the artist, which is still the artist, but there's a person beneath that veil. And um, I had to tap into her for those moments where, where I'm not able, I'm not able to show up as just the performer, or I'm not able to show up as just the musician or the singer or the writer or the painter or the poet, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, authenticity is an interesting one. But however, I will just define it. I mean, it's just being true to yourself. And I have zero ability, especially now, to not be true to myself. I cannot take anything on as an artist, as a human being that doesn't feel genuine to me. Because and it and it would be a shame because that's where my that's where my power lies is in my authenticity and my and and my genuine nature so as soon as i lose that it's i'm i'm screwed mm. yeah no i i uh, i can connect or, or understand where, where you're coming from you mentioned well two things uh, identity is 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 a, is a huge word right it's a <clears throat> and, and you said a singer songwriter musician poet are, are they parts of your identity and and what other kind of parts of what other parts make up your identity I think there's different uh, levels, so to speak, of identity. I think that those are the surface levels, you know. It's the basics. It's what people would say, I am. She's an artist. She's Mm -hmm. a painter. She's a poet. Whatever, you know. Or for other people, she's a doctor. She's a bank teller. Whatever it is, you know. However... Um, 
there's another layer beneath it and probably many more layers beneath that that are are still pieces of 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 you they're still very much you and perhaps they're even they go deeper than saying i'm an artist or i'm a poet and um i identify with all of it i identify with all layers uh, uh, you know uh, yes i am an artist i'm also a, i'm also a child i'm also i'm also scared i'm also powerful i'm also you know so so there's all you know there's all different ways that you can identify yourself some run deeper and some i think are just more on the surface mm. yeah i yeah uh, fascinated about the, that whole question um another thing i picked up on when you said when you were touring and you had to kind of show up and be on stage would you say now that you've spent that last year maybe digging further into your, to the authentic self that if you were in the same sort of situation you would just say no i can't do it or would you how would you how would you face that challenge if it cropped up again um there were times that i uh I did push through many times where, where I did push through to perform when I just wasn't in the mood. And then there were times where, uh, that, that perfect, uh, sculpture kind of cracked and on stage, I would just stop a song in the middle of the song and I wouldn't be able to go on with it. So it was starting, I would say the light was starting to shine through, but it hadn't fully found its place within my body. And in the last year, I I actually I turned down a tour. Um, I was doing some music and I was playing this stuff that I really wasn't enjoying. I was I was so unhappy and I turned down a tour. I turned down a label. I um, I basically kind of went back to my core and and tried to figure out what I really am and what I really want to put out and what I really want to do and say. Um, and so it's, it kind of, ever since then, yeah, I've been in the state where if I don't, if something doesn't resonate with me, I won't let anybody tell me why, why, I mean, they can tell me why it should, but if, if it, if, if it doesn't resonate with me, I'm not going to do it. Mm. So that goes for performing or anything, you know? Um, and unfortunately, uh, fortunately for some, unfortunately for others, the music business definitely, you know, there's a lot of whispers and a lot of nudges in certain directions. And um, I'm definitely in a place, a peaceful place with my music where I I don't have to listen to those if I don't want to. I would imagine freedom and maybe and or control are important words or, or values for you. <clears throat> Yeah, freedom and control are definitely important values. I'm also this next year going to be working on control, though, because sometimes release is, is important, too, and relinquishing control in certain situations. You just have to know which ones those are, and I didn't always have the right good grasp on what I should be controlling, what I should just be releasing into the universe. Mm. What other values come up when, when I mentioned that question of core values? Anything else? emerge strongly um core values yeah i i found in the last year that 
my art is very important to me. I mean, like for most people, usually, you know, you hear these stories where they say it saves your life. It saved your life. And it did save mine. Mm. In some ways, it destroyed it. And in some ways, it saved it. It just depends on my perspective of it. And um, I think one of the things that have been illuminated in the last year as well is that if if uh, if my art isn't if I'm not able to serve a grander purpose than just simply being a commodity as an artist like simply having love songs or simply uh, you know whatever it might be an easy way to commodify me as an artist Mm. if it's just that I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I don't feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. I feel bored. I think it's shallow for me. For me, it feels one-dimensional. However, if I can turn it into something larger than just the music, like it's a fuller, more full-bodied message, um, then I start to feel like I have a purpose within it because... I know that uh, I know that my soul's involved, and it's not just this thing. Uh, I've never, re- I just never uh, getting popular, or or having. Um, I should say, I'm not getting popular. Maybe just stardom, the idea that you're going to be really famous. You know that mm-hmm. that though it can be appealing at times because it means that your 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 bills are getting paid properly there's a lot of things that come with it that are really painful and so for me uh, in order to enjoy playing music and enjoy doing this and the reason that I still do it and and still love it is because I find ways to weave my deepest purpose into it and make it more meaningful for me where it's not just a band or me as an artist just writing words you know mm-hmm. it's just it's a more it's a way for me to connect on a deeper level mm. uh, yeah i'm i'm hearing you and and listening and you know a very find it very interesting and fascinating to to kind of hear the way you describe it um and can sense that that you mean every single word which which is great and obviously that that comes across i would say as well in in the music you you put out maybe just take it back a little bit you talked about purpose you know in an early stages of your of your journey and your own life growing up was was it always an outlet for you to to write and sing and and be creative when did that start becoming very apparent that is what you were meant to do um i was not i i didn't even know i could sing until i was in my 20s um and uh before that but i was always creative i was always i always kind of approached life from like an artist um i was a dancer for many years and uh you know i would uh, get sharpie markers and and write poetry all over my my walls in my bedroom and piss my mother off to no end and you know so it was kind of clear that that i was going to probably do something that my parents wouldn't be proud of (laughs) um uh but uh 
yeah, it was always in me. I, I remember feeling I'd be on at school and all of a sudden time would slow down and I would look around and I would see all these people, all these kids walking by in slow motion and everything would feel so foreign to me. And, and I would think some, somehow, some, some way I'm going to end up, I'm going to end up finding a way to belong. Like there's, there's something deeper here going on in my heart and these people aren't in on it and they're not even thinking these same things. They're not feeling these same things, but I feel it and it's going to make its appearance here soon. And I knew it, I knew it was, it was, it was coming for me essentially. And it was a positive thing Mm. because I, I didn't want to live when I, when I was in school, I did not want to live. I didn't want to wake up in the morning. And it was this hopeful feeling like you're going to just, just hold out a little longer. You're going to figure out what's going on here. And, um, and I did. And when I was in my twenties, I was homeless for a little while and I was living in a piano room, uh, which was totally not legal. And it was on this campus. And I, and I started teaching myself, well, I, I actually had a, a course that I had dropped out of because I hated it. I didn't like learning how to read music. I thought it was boring. And so it was really great for me to just be in this room playing piano freely without the rigidity of learning theory or reading any kind of sheet music, but just playing. And it was in that moment where I it was kind of the aha, uh-huh, you know, like I, I found my home. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And then slowly but surely I started, I realized I could sing mm. sort of, I didn't really realize it. I wasn't sure, but I thought something's going on here. I think I've got something. <laughs> so it was effectively, I'll just again, take it back a little, that moment, the way you described that kind of slow motion sense of everything going around you and and feeling foreign and and, and alien almost um it's quite a striking description but the fact that you said you found hope maybe is is interesting because others might have thought that as as a point of disaster almost or fear that (laughs) because it was like shit i'm what is going on here i can't deal with i'm in the wrong place and planet and need to get out whereas you thought Ah, it's almost a higher state of consciousness that 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 came upon you. Yeah, would that be yeah, definitely. Because it wasn't just a fear-based state where I was just looking at everything and saying how foreign it was. There was something above that. There was something resonating above that 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 said, "Yeah, this is foreign. You're right. You're on to something. But just wait and see what it means." And it, and it was almost it almost was playful, like like uh, it was kind of dangling a carrot, like you know, and sort of a mirage. But I knew I could feel it, and I've always been very feel based. Mm. I could feel in my gut that something was coming, and it was going to reveal to me something really powerful within myself that I had something that was going to be able to connect and, and sure, maybe I can't connect with these kids on this playground or maybe I can't connect with these teachers and their curriculum doesn't make sense to me, but something is waiting for me to, to connect. 
So it was actually a really, every time I went into that state, it was a positive thing. Mm. Yeah. It, it, like that's a, that's a positive, certainly positive perspective on it. Again, it was just where I was thinking there was no resentment in you almost either. You know, you could be feeling why is this not working out for me or why do I feel like this? But it, it seems like you were just able to embrace it and, and use it to your benefit, which is pretty cool. Well, there were definitely a lot of moments. I mean, I cried my way to school every single day. Every single day I was sobbing and I didn't want to go. So there were a lot of moments where I was in absolute agony and misery. However, um, those moments were kind of like little gifts for me to keep going because they showed me that, yes, I know, I hear you. I know you're in misery. I know this place is foreign. I know it seems like you dropped from the sky into a world that doesn't make sense to you or you don't make sense to it, but there's something waiting for you on the other side and it's going to be okay. You mentioned your ability to connect to your senses from a, a very real, profound way, I suppose, from an early age. And even then when you talked about moving out of the city back to into the forestry, <laughs> was that always very aware? Uh, were you always aware of all of that early on as well? Oh, yeah. When I was, when I was really young, I would always make friends with trees and I was really, really drawn to plants and would have long conversations with them. Sometimes I'd sneak out of my bed at night and I would go and visit my willow tree and just have these long in-depth conversations. And really, I sometimes I joke, but it's kind of serious. I would say my willow tree was my mother. Um, and uh, and you were getting, so, yeah, I was always... There were two mm-hmm. way. Were you getting proper responses as well? Or how did you... Oh, of, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, it, but, you know, it wasn't proper. I would translate it into sure. words. But it was more so like a feeling and you can translate feelings however which way, you know, you want. But I I uh I was translating the the sense, the felt sense that I was getting from this particular tree. Mm-hmm. And now I've I've really gotten even more into it, you know, Native American traditions, plant spirit medicine, all this stuff that was so innately natural to me when I was younger. I realize, oh, that's a thing. Like people actually really do this, and mm. um, so yeah, I was, I was always, I was always extremely sensitive. I felt, you know, like I would just start sobbing when I saw a homeless man on the street. And my parents didn't really know what to do with it because, you know, I was feeling the world. They were pretty sensitive themselves, but I was feeling the world much heavier than they were. Mm. Like it sounds like very strong sense of empathy um and compassion going on there i would i would think yeah i'm asking myself this question a lot all the time and it's um the voice inside your head and and how you how you have a relationship with it and how you can keep it on the down low sometimes and also you know have it there to to protect you how have you was connected with that and how has it been a positive to you has it been a a negative what's the relationship like with with that whatever you want to call it ego self-critic or anything that goes on up there yeah that's a good question um so for a long time (laughs) the things my mind would tell me were very mean Hmm. and, and um very cruel to me 
And I, uh, I had to kind of get out of this state, you know, I would quell it at the time I would quell it with a lot of alcohol or I would quell it with whatever addiction I was going through at the time. And, um, it wasn't until I started becoming clearer, clearer minded, clearer bodied, I should say that I was able to sit with that voice and, and listen and hear the places it goes. And I, and the first time I did that, I just started laughing uncontrollably until I started crying because I realized, oh my God, I have been living with this person in my head this entire time. And this person in my head isn't even me. It's, it's things that have been, you know, fed to me throughout my childhood that are no, they are, they are not me. They're not my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I listen to her, I listen to her and sometimes she's an ancient, you know, woman and sometimes she's a little girl and sometimes she's the same age as I am. And sometimes she has no idea what age she is, but I listen to her and, and now I can drop into my heart and see what thoughts actually resonate with my heart, which I identify with more so than mind. So um, I'm able to quiet my mind in a way that I wasn't able to before. And reason being is I'm, I don't identify with all of my thoughts anymore. And I've decluttered it. And I know some of those thoughts are just there to scare me. But really, what at the core, they're there to protect me. They are, you know, they've, my mind has been afraid before and it, and it sees something that could potentially be dangerous. And so it's speaking to me in ways that it's trying to protect me, but it doesn't know how. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it resonates well with me there as well. I have kind of laughingly, um, comes up. I'm trying to relearn how to swim at the moment. And one of the things that I probably nearly drowned a few times when I was younger and my body still is is afraid when i'm in the water even though i know how to do it now so it's kind of a strange comparison but uh it it uh that inner voice kind of gets that sense of of fear um that overwhelms sometimes as well again so um yeah i know we're gone way over the 15 minutes i'm okay if you're okay to chat a bit more because it's yeah, fascinating sure. i'm enjoying the conversation so <laughs> oh good me too yeah i guess you said you know you're better now at decluttering your mind and realizing these are aren't you your thoughts are just coming and going to me that's a lot of kind of meditation or mindfulness comes up when when you kind of use those words is is there is there an approach or a tactic that you use or a method to to step back from your thoughts and notice them as opposed to cling to them? Um, well, there's been numerous things that I've, that I've done, but one of the, the ones that have made the most impact on me are actually working with plants. Mm. And, you know, as I said, when I was little, I would really connect to this willow tree and trees in general, the wind, the elements, but Um, I've been working a lot with plant spirit medicine, which is basically plant consciousness. And and a lot of people, when you say that, they think automatically of like ayahuasca or mushrooms or psychedelics. Mm. And um, 
I I really don't uh, do well on any kind of psychedelic. I've done them a couple of times in my life, and I think there's just too much going on in this body for that. Uh, <laughs> I think you're there but, already without them, perhaps in lots of ways. So you're, yeah, you're, you're yeah, enjoying exactly. it as it is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, every uh, you know every plant has its own um, electromagnetic field Mm -hmm. and often when you look at a flower the way it appears to you this is also known as the doctrine of signatures the way it appears to you usually also can kind of define its medicinal properties or its spiritual properties so like take the rose for example it has thorns around it right Mm. the rose is a heart protector it's also a heart healer at the same on the same at the same time and um so working with plants for me has and when i say working with plants it can either be through through teas like i make a lot of my own teas uh, which slow you down in a really beautiful way a lot of people have tea traditions just that's a meditative process Mm. within itself you know um and tinctures which is just the herb um basically in um in 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 an alcohol and uh, extracted with an alcohol i should say and using these in accordance with ritual like ritual as another mode of trans for transformation mm-hmm. um i've been able to slow myself down enough also I don't drink like a sailor anymore. That helped. Uh, But I've been able, yeah, you can really, you have clarity on your own body in a whole new way. And that was very scary for me at first because I didn't really want to feel all the things that I was feeling, but what I know, or the things that I was thinking. But what I noticed is as soon as I gave it attention, as soon as I listened to that voice within my mind or listened to that voice within my heart, it felt heard and it and you could see the release it started quieting down more and more and more mm. and you know that's what you touch on with mindfulness and yeah you know i i read all kinds of things and i never just kind of stick to just one modality you know i i really am a voracious learner i love to read so mm-hmm. That's definitely mindfulness it can encompass so many different practices. And I think that working with plants one on one is a mindfulness practice because you are really becoming aware of what that plant is doing within your body and and uh, you become attuned to the subtleties that something as simple as chamomile tea can do for your mind and your heart and, you know, wherever else you might be holding tension in your body, you know? So, um, so I, I've, I've, uh, I've used many different practices and I continue to keep learning. Um, but the ones that the one that has resonated with me the most is working with plants who already plants already create a state of homeostasis and equilibrium within their own ecosystem. So when you're ingesting a plant, you're kind of bringing a state of equilibrium and peace into your own body. Mm. No, it's fascinating. Yeah, like uh, I, I, I look at meditation and mindfulness from from m- m- many different angles. I, I wrote a, an article a while back about a 
a hand dryer in a, in a men's room or in a in a restroom <laughs> as as a a meditation tool for me to remind me to to take a breather when I when I just put my hands under it it yeah. kind of brings me back into the into that moment and um you know people talk about traffic lights or or just breathing but uh for me that that one kind of works especially on a busy day in the office um it can can, can calm me down a little bit um and you mentioned homeostasis that that's one of the i think one of your tracks is it on one on, on your first album is that a, a title yeah one? yeah my music is always ahead of uh where my mind and body and spirit are going to be it's always it's always one step ahead <laughs> and do you you've, you're obviously aware of that now is that something you um you kind of <laughs> got up to speed i think what comes into my mind there is they say the uh the stock market is always one one step ahead of the economy so it's kind of <laughs> You're maybe a little bit that way. So, so when you're writing some of the tracks on the new album, have you caught up with those yet? <laughs> um, well, I, I uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure that it will be apparent probably soon. Usually, when I release the record, you know, give it a year, and I start seeing, uh, I start seeing the results. But yeah, it's it's. You know, when I wrote the, the song Homeostasis, I was definitely not in a state of balance. I was completely and utterly imbalanced. But, you know, I do look back at a lot of my songs and I and I see the correlation of, OK, this was kind of maybe this was written in the moment and where maybe it was for the moment there. But there's also insight into into the future, too. And I I am. Um, I am becoming more aware of what I put out into the world and the music that I put out into the world and what I'm saying. Uh, and I'm just a little more careful <laughs> with what I'm willing to say or how I'm willing to say it, I should say. Is that yeah. as a result of obviously your fan base and feedback you get and how that impacts you? Like when you hear from somebody that's listened and really embraced some of your music they come back with how it's impacted them does that have an impact on how you write future content or how do you take that on board i've never had someone um come to me kind of and say that you know it it just made them want to kill themselves or anything like that yeah. you know i've never had something like that happen um usually there is a thread of hope and empowerment in most of my music even if it is really dark so i haven't had anyone say that necessarily but um it's really actually more so for me when i when i will listen back to lyrics that i've said if it's a statement that i really don't want to honor as my truth because maybe it just isn't or it just shouldn't be in some way you know i i uh, sometimes wish that there were certain lyrics that I that I didn't write, <laughs> mm. but look, um, because said, they do kind of. Go ahead. I was just going to say at the time, it's going back to being authentic, and if it's authentic at the time <laughs> and it's coming out, I suppose you kind of have to go with what comes, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, but again, I think um, you know, <clears throat> authentic is an interesting one because for some, for someone, for some, you know, human, there might be authenticity and just being a complete asshole <laughs> and I think 
or maybe that isn't really authentic because what's beneath it is pain and they're not really expressing their pain. They're expressing, you know, the, this kind of outward emotion. They're just using anger, language to kind sure. of express it that, you know, probably doesn't yeah. really, we, we determine what that, we're conditioned to understand it, I guess, that way. So. Yeah, and I think there there's some moments where um, I actually wish that I maybe would have even been a little more vulnerable with, with the way that I was explaining it or expressing it in a song. Uh, maybe it was kind of masked a little more than I'd like. But overall, yeah, I, I don't, I that's another thing is I don't edit my songs. Um, there was one song on this record that I actually changed one word on. Um I changed it from, well, actually, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to say what I changed it from because I don't want to put it out there. <laughs> we can put it out as a as a quiz, maybe, and somebody can, um, can email yeah, me exactly. the answer what it is. Yeah, give them a free exactly. record. <laughs> I, I, I like to ask questions here around, you know, maybe goal setting and, and motivation and, and how you actually yeah. get stuff done. Do you have an approach for you know, setting yourself a target to say, I'm going to write my album in the next six months, or again, does it just happen completely naturally and you go with the flow? I am very, very goal oriented. Mm. I am extraordinarily ambitious um, to, to fall. Actually, I've been reading this book called Goddesses in Every Woman. And if you and there's another one called Gods in Every Man. I actually highly suggest both of those books. They're really remarkably well written. My not one of my end questions yeah. is typically a book recommendation, so you've nailed that one there anyway. So okay. Ah perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> those. I would definitely suggest those. Those two. So you were <laughs> gonna right. explain a little bit about them? Yeah, so so ambition goal oriented. Um I, I was reading this book, Goddesses and Every Woman, and one goddess that they speak on is Artemis. And she is very much career-oriented, goal-oriented, kind of needs-no-man type of woman. She she has her eyes on the prize, and sometimes she doesn't even notice things around her when she is doing something. And I notice within myself when if I'm writing in, in a writing zone or if I'm whatever it is, doing any, any one of my art forms, there's no outside world. I'm completely in it. And, um, and there's been times where I have just worked myself until there, I, I'm a pulp of a, of a person. And, um, and it, and it's got, I, I have finally, I know where that comes from. You know, I know what that's about. And and I think most people probably know what that's about. It's it's when you work that hard and you're taxing your body that much, there's a message in it. You're not really doing it just because you love what you're doing. Mm. You're doing it because you are saying, "Look at what I just did." Whether it's to yourself or or there's a voice inside of you that's still going to mommy and daddy and saying, "Look, look what I just did. Aren't you proud of me?" Mm. And when I was younger, I always, always, the first thing I would do when I would do something I thought was great, I would go immediately to my parents and say, look what I just did. Hmm. And, and, and maybe they dismissed it or maybe they didn't. But um, I, I recognize this pattern within myself that is to overwork to the point of absolute exhaustion. 
and it is so not worth it to me anymore. Um, I think that having goals is really important. But I think if your goals are making it so that you are no longer just in the mode of creating because you are enjoying it, mm. then it's really it's really not worth it if that's all you, if that's what you're doing consistently. Sometimes you have to do that. You know, you've got a deadline and you've got to finish your shit. But if you're always doing that and you're always trying to get that prize of accomplishment, look at what I just did in order to feel any kind of self-worth, it isn't worth it. So I've had to look at that part, of that goddess archetype within myself, which is so goal oriented that she's tripping over herself because she can't stand from exhaustion. That archetype needs to soften a little bit. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to create. I'm probably mm. just create just as much, but, but you don't have to finish the song in one day. You don't have to produce and mix and master everything in one day. You, you know, mm. like it's okay to take a couple weeks, a couple months, a year, whatever it is, you know, it's okay. Especially when you don't have people breathing, breathing down your neck. You know, I don't have a label. Yeah. I didn't want a label. So, uh, yeah, it's something, it's something that can easily get out of control and, and I've had to reel it in for sure. What's, what's coming out for me there is similar goal oriented, get it done in the past. I would have been push, putting, you know, the, the massive hours in and, but as soon as you've achieved it, you've got that little bit of recognition to caress your self-worth, you know, areas. And then, but then you're immediately on to the next thing, um, as opposed to, I don't know, enjoying the moment or making it longer than a moment. Um, is that something that resonates? Yeah, because when you think about it, if that's, if that's your only sense of self-worth, when you don't have that, you feel like terrible. You feel awful. And so what do you have to do? You got to go chase it again. It's an addiction. And it's just, it becomes an addiction. You know, a lot of people are addicted to it. Yeah. A lot, of, especially men, but women too. A lot of people are addicted to the doing of life. Mm -hmm. Oh, agreed. And and for me, the being where the meditation has come in has, has been fundamental in making a change in that area. And and even to your point of doing it in 24 hours or a day and, you know, till, till you fell over, what I found is by taking those breaks and coming back to it in, in a week, you've brought a different angle to it, a, a better perspective, and it's a more rounded piece of work, I suppose, over a period of time. It's just you know balancing balancing that out have you found that with your with your writing as well definitely i think that i think you can feel it when you're not suffocating something into existence and um giving it the space to really unfold in its own time is super important mm. cool you mentioned not having a label but you know by all yeah. intents and purposes you're whatever the whatever you want to call success that's another question if you want to try and define that but but you're from a metrics and measures perspective you have a lot of <laughs> listeners and and followers and um you know you're 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 doing positive things 
has the fact of not having a label obviously been been a challenge there but but your decision not to go down that route maybe talk to me a bit about how you've managed to resist it well most recently the way i was able to resist it is i created a pre-order campaign we did a pledge music campaign um where our fans could pre-order the, the record, the vinyls, T-shirts, bags, all kinds of things. I wrote songs for them and, you know, put up the John Wick dress and that I had made, just all, you know, all different incentives. Um, mm. And so I was able to basically fund fund us our, ourselves. Um, we were able to fund ourselves or through the fans, the fan engagements, which was really cool. Um, before that, uh, our agents have been very supportive of us. We're with William Morris, and so they've they've really helped along the way. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes there were times where there's just you know you're barely getting by, and then there's other times where you're doing okay. So uh, it's been a choice. Um, I, I, I really just don't have a pop singer's voice. <laughs> um, uh, they do all these interesting roles that I just don't do and lots of dance moves. And have you seen the movie A Star Is Born? You, you know, I actually did just see it. Yeah, what you're describing yeah, there. Yeah, it was kind of sad what happened to her. It was how she uh, sold sold in a little bit, but uh, but it just, that's yeah. what came up for me, me there when you mentioned that uh yeah, and then authenticity again is uh, probably not um, not not fully there in that that uh, that piece of the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. It was a good movie. Good movie. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I just um, the pop scene was was really never for me, and yet and yet I don't know why, but it was always the the major labels that were the most interested in, in us, which. Mm. I never had an, any kind of an interest in being at a major because you get lost. You, I would have definitely been miserable. I would have gotten lost in the shuffle of mm. other bands that were making them way more money. And, <laughs> and, and if I wasn't making them money, then they'd try to, you know, fit me into a mold that would, and I would have, I would have quit, mm. you know, I really, I would have quit. So thank God it's a blessing that, um, I didn't I didn't go that route and and there are difficulties <clears throat> with both paths you know with the unknown the one where well both of them have the unknown because you can get dropped after after one record you know mm. and with us that would have probably been likely um but uh yeah there's difficulties with both paths and there's and there's you know positive things with both paths and for me the positives of remaining independent uh, were more important. Um, and it's not that I wouldn't ever be with a label. I just, so far, the models that I've seen don't make any sense to me. Hmm. And I don't really think we make any sense for most of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I really don't know why any of them want to design us. <laughs> um, well, look, they probably had dollars going ching-ching there at the at the time as well so but from a longevity perspective it's probably i don't know i'm not in the world of it but the the path you've taken may play to longevity better than than the other where you might have went down that route and after one record it didn't work out and you hated everything and you lost the yeah. passion for it maybe so yeah yeah and i've been able to remain authentic i've been able to be 
exactly what I want to be as an artist, you know, and put out exactly what I want to put out. So, so it's good. Very good. So look, I think we'll probably call it there because we've got to authentic at the start in the middle and the end is probably a good way of um, wrapping it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. it was really enjoyable to, to chat with you, Nostalgia. And before we wrap up, maybe just by all means, take take over there and uh, talk a bit about what's coming and how folks can follow and purchase and, you know, contribute to um, to your hopefully increasing success <laughs> sure so the next record that's coming out is called imago it's a follow-up to the first one which was chrysalis and it's all kind of beneath the web the theme the thematic concept of metamorphosis um that record is going to be released on december 7th it will be everywhere itunes spotify all that stuff and you can pre-order it right now through pledge music um and you can find that link either possibly on my instagram or you can just go to pledge music and search for nostalgia cool and i'll add those links in as uh as as is the normal on the show notes um kind of hate saying that at the end right. it sounds very rehearsed but uh, i do add, add them in uh for sure and <laughs> as as uh as i launch this episode i'll do it obviously before the the 7th of december um we will put a lot of marketing out and promote across the sites as well. Hopefully we'll get some folks Great. enjoying the listening. Um, any, any plans to tour to, to Europe? Have you been over here already? Um, I, I hope to, I would really, really love to. And, um, if, if, if something makes sense, definitely I would, I would like that. Cool. Well, let's stay in touch and maybe we'll see you in, in Ireland at some point in, in the future. Uh, lots of good We'd love that. Good festivals on here during the summer for sure. So uh obviously the winter yeah. isn't too good weather wise, but the, the summer we, we have a few op- outdoor festivals, so it should be good. Brilliant. Look, delighted to get fifty one minutes or more um conversation. It was really uh interesting and I love when I do these episodes and learn a lot um about the person and just their perspective. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. It was wonderful talking with you. Have a, a great uh, rest of day. All right, bye. Bye bye. So how did you find it? A good show? hopefully do take a second or two to let me know and before you do dive off just a couple of quick call outs the new podcast the 864 15 minutes long in fact 864 seconds is the aspiration is now out and ready for listening check it out on the site go to the podcast page there's a link for 864 there or go on to apple podcasts and subscribe that would be awesome the 864 is all you have to search for and it's in all other podcast platforms that you can think of or should be so have a listen every week i release a one minute monday video clip which is also a tip to hopefully make you one percent better check that out it's on the website on the video page did you also know that only about one percent of listeners to podcasts not just my own but all leave a rating leave a review get in touch or give feedback and i would love if we could book that trend and put it to two percent for this one so please do take the time to give me a bit of feedback give me some ideas about future guests or whatever the hell comes into mind just get in touch or rate or review the podcast on apple that helps i'm available at all of the social platforms pretty much all at rob of the green that's either with or without the at sign but you'll find it under that moniker so hopefully i'll hear from you there last couple of quick ones support so i do offer some pro 
bono coaching get onto the website the support page to get in touch a few hours a month happy to do that and if you would like to support the podcast that would be awesome you can do so through patreon and also through purchasing books through the book page on the website that goes through amazon and we get a little percentage i'm not even sure what but it's something and finally just to say thanks for taking the time to listen to the podcast i know there's lots of other shows out there it means a lot that you're checking this one out so have a great rest of day week month year whatever it may be and hopefully you're getting one percent better as a result of these shows take care and good luck